You are listening to Ocean Potty, the podcast hosted by me, Mads Ocean, marine biologist, underwater content creator, and general ocean frother. Each week, I invite a new guest on the show for a chilled glass of wine or two and some lighthearted chat about the ocean. So stay tuned as I attempt to prove that it's not all doom and gloom for our blue planet. Welcome back to another episode of Ocean Potty, the podcast where we have a little, uh, a little to drink, sometimes a lot, <laughs> don't tell anyone, and chat a lot about the ocean. Could this be the last episode brought to you from lockdown? And no, before you panic, I don't mean the last ever episode of Ocean Potty, but there is word on the street that the dreaded self-isolation might be entering its final days. But also don't take my word for this because it's just chatter amongst my friends. So it's probably not true. Fake news. Okay. Uh Anyway, but that would be exciting for me and exciting for you because I would love, love, love to record some in-person potty episodes and start reconnecting with other humans. On the subject of connecting, today on the potty, we're here to chat about one of my most precious connections. And that is our relationship with the sea. So far on the show, we've had a lot of sciencey stuff, conservation, field stories, but today we're going to dig deeper, emotionally deeper. A study came out a couple years back and confirmed what every scuba diver, free diver, sailor, marine biologist, etc., 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 has been droning on about for years. People who live by the ocean are happier. Legit, this was a real life study. And I, for one, totally agree with this. The ocean changed my life. It instills a sense of calm in me, peace. It pretty much feels like I can breathe when I'm next to the ocean. And when I'm away from it, I kind of feel like my soul shrivels up like a prune. (gasps) And that is why I am so excited that today on the potty, we'll be discussing the life-changing, soul-moving, healing properties of the ocean with an absolutely incredible waterwoman, underwater photographer, and my new spirit animal, Taylor Henley. So welcome to the show, Taylor. Shall we kick off with a little about you and what you do? Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to chat. Um, so I describe myself, I guess, as a water woman who helps guide people back to nature. Um, I am an avid freediver, underwater photographer, um, animal lover, um, saltwater addict, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't we all? <laughs> um, I'm also a uh, speech pathologist, so I work with children, so I interweave the ocean with that as well as much as I can. Oh, wow. Um, I bounce around the world as much as possible, um, always staying pretty close to a coastline of some sort. I'm exactly the same. I, Whenever I go traveling, I, I can't seem to tear myself away from the coast. I just can't do it. I've always got to be near the coast. I know. I'm like, okay, well, maybe I'll go to like the other side of the country where the coastline looks a little different, but it's still... <laughs> water (laughs) it's like the same (laughs) so how did it all begin when did this obsession this connection with the ocean begin did it start in childhood or is it more of an adult thing you know I think it's been 
I've always been connected to the ocean for as long as I can remember. Um, when I was younger growing up, my family and I would take uh, vacations every summer to the beach and um, we would stay out and we would stay out in the sand and play in the waves for hours and hours. And um, at some point, I think maybe I was around six or seven, uh, my older brother had me watch the movie Jaws with him. Um, you know, and that movie like inspired so much fear in most people, you know, mm-hmm. became terrified of sharks, but it did the exact opposite for me. And I became um, obsessed. Like I wanted all the books I could find. I like wrote my own books, would record like silly home movies of me like explaining sharks like like I was like Steve Irwin (laughs) (laughs) I love that that's amazing do you still have any of them (laughs) somewhere somewhere my parents (laughs) I would love to dig them up I'm sure they're hilarious um so then uh I became obsessed with dolphins as well you know from sharks to dolphins and Mm. really vivid memories of um being down in Florida and Um, riding jet skis around in the bay and out in the Gulf of Mexico and um, encountering like huge pods of bottlenose dolphins and um, just fell in love. So I think, you know, it was a childhood. It started in childhood. And then um, when I was able to, uh, you know, move off on my own after college and uh, go somewhere, I picked, of course, the ocean. And so I Mm. lived um, in South Florida, um, 10 minutes from the beach and spent every single day on the water. Um, And that's around the time I started getting into diving. So before then, I had just snorkeled and stuff like that. Um, But I started visiting the Florida Keys and um, out here off the coast is the world's third largest barrier reef system. So it's an incredible place to explore. Um, so that's where my love of free diving and um, photography, I guess, really got its start down here. So yeah, it's just been like this slow progression throughout my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I really, really love to hear that because for me, it was quite different. I, I, I mean, yes, I always, I don't know if I always loved the ocean, but I always loved seals, which um, my my mom took me to a seal sanctuary when I was two. And that's where my kind of obsession with the ocean began is actually it was an obsession with seals. I was actually terrified of the ocean for a really, really, really long time. And people can't believe this now about me because I'm a marine biologist and I'm a diver and I literally have no other interests apart from the ocean. Um, But yeah, it's really amazing that you've had like this connection from the very, very beginning Um, And now you are using this connection in order to like help other people in their life. Tell me about how this got started, because I've just been on your website, like stalking you all day. And you've got this really, really incredible idea about how we can use the ocean to reconnect ourselves to nature. Tell me more about this. Yeah, you know, this is a concept that has really started coming together for me, especially over the last two years. Um, So I lived in Hawaii uh, from 2016 to 2018. And during that time, I was in um, just a really, um, that was a really big growing period for me. I was in a really toxic relationship. And um, when that ended, I left Hawaii and started really doing some 
soul searching, I guess, for lack of better words. Mm. Um, just really like reflecting on my life and the choices that, that I had made. And by this time, the ocean had already played a huge part in my life, you know, dove every day when I was in Hawaii. And when I first started going, moving through that breakup, the ocean was such a huge source of strength for me. Um, I would just sit mm. on, like on a cliffside and like watch as these waves like pounded the earth and like the ground would shake underneath me. And I was like, okay, I can, you know, borrow this energy and this strength from the ocean to get through this. Um, and it, I give it so much credit um, for helping me through that. But you know, I, I started reflecting on all the things that the ocean had taught me. And, um, you know, one of the biggest things that I've learned from the ocean is how connected we all actually are. And, you know, yeah. floating over a coral reef and just looking down and seeing all the fish do like all of their little jobs and they have their own little like rock that's their home and they defend it. And, you know, they have their personalities and, you know, just stuff that I had never even considered before. And it just all, I feel like flooded my awareness. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like I'm that little fish is just as important as I am. And like, why are, why doesn't anyone else know this stuff? <laughs> um, so I think that it, it really started within the last couple of years. And um, I really feel like connecting back to nature is something that our planet really, really needs right now. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's really interesting because it's so easy to get caught up in, in modern day life and it's so fast paced and it is so, so removed from the natural environment and even how the world was even a hundred years ago, yeah. 200 years ago, right now we are so displaced from nature. We're living in a completely different life than what you could say was meant for us. And for me, I've really under, I really understand what, what you're saying because I've come back to England in the last few months, having lived abroad in the tropics and and living in this kind of peace, this nature and feeling this connection every day. And suddenly I find myself back in the city, back in London, and it, it's two different worlds. And I think what we need to look for now is how we can kind of heal our relationship with nature, how we can combine capitalism and this fast-paced life with nature so how do we do this <laughs> I lay in bed and stare at my ceiling and ask myself this question <laughs> um, every every single night um, and you're right like how do we how do we bridge the gap and I made a post um, on social media about this yesterday but how do we bridge the gap between people and nature because you're right we are so far removed and you know, I think that it's it's like a lofty question with simple answers. You know, like just going outside every day and standing barefoot in the grass, man, that can really do a lot, a lot for you. Mm. A few deep breaths, like listen, close your eyes and listen to the birds. You know, if you're not near the ocean, um, you know, listen to the trees and the wind, and it it it's, it's really difficult because we are so fast paced and, you know, I like my modern day things. I love my phone. I love my computer, but how can we how yeah. start to consider nature more in our decisions? And I think we're really being asked to look at that um, right now. And I think that's really important. What you've just said is to consider nature in our decisions, mm -hmm. because I think that's where 
that's where we're losing it is is in the deciding the deciding aspect like people I think are choosing less and less to interact with nature in the truest sense I mean a lot of people will book a holiday and go somewhere hot and sunny and with a beach but there aren't many people who would just you know book a holiday up to the highlands in Scotland and just like be in nature like in its purest form and I think it's I think one of the things that um some of the work that you do and some of the work that I do with photography, mm-hmm. I think something that can be very powerful about this is it allows people to want to reconnect with nature and to make these decisions. And I, I think that, I don't know if you, do you feel the same with your photography and that you're you're kind of hoping to inspire people to make the decision to want to go and see nature? Absolutely. That's one of my biggest goals behind it. You know, I... I have to sometimes like just sit down and remind myself that most people in the world will not ever see a whale shark or a humpback whale Mm. or a manta ray. They won't see those things in person. So it's, it's hard to connect, but if you can see it in a video or in a photo and be reminded that, wow, those animals are out there. Like I share this planet with this being that is so incredible. We don't know, you know, we know some things about their life, but there's so much that we don't know. And what I choose right now impacts that animal. Um, And I, that's one of my biggest like driving forces behind it is just helping people who may never encounter these animals, see that there are other things out there besides, you know, the four walls of your home and the main street of whatever town you live in. You know, it doesn't matter where you live. I I always say this, you can be hundreds of miles from the nearest coastline, but the ocean impacts you every day. And just um, reminding people of that is a huge, a huge goal of mine. Yeah. It's quite funny because people can be so far removed from the ocean, as you say, and they, they don't feel often people feel so removed from it because they literally are removed from it by landmass. But then you have these exceptions to the rule where um, you have these people that are obsessed with the ocean, even though they've never even seen the ocean in their life because they're so far away from it. And one of the most amazing things about social media now is that you can actually bring a little bit of the ocean into people's homes now. And this is something that you do so beautifully with um, with your photography. So how did you get started in this journey where you were capturing this content of the ocean? Yeah, um, you know, I started with a GoPro, as I think a lot of people do. <laughs> when I'm- Classic, yeah. <laughs> yeah, when I moved um, to the Florida Keys the first time, Um, I invested in a GoPro because the reefs down here is so cool. And I was like, oh, I want to show like my family what I'm seeing and all of my friends. So it started there. And then um, shortly after I moved here, I moved to Hawaii. And once I was in Hawaii, um, you know, you have the potential to see so much out there. Mm. I decided to invest in my first like real um, camera setup. And um, just learned as much as I possibly could. Like, you know, it's funny because for every like good photo you see, like on social media, there's like 500 that like didn't turn out. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? This is one of those things that I think people 
don't understand unless you've done underwater photography or probably I assume lots of kinds of photography I've never shot on land I'm only underwater but like everyone's like wow how did you manage to capture this shot and I'm like you don't understand how many dodgy photos there are on my hard drive and I think the most valuable piece of advice I ever had from um, an underwater photographer was from um, his name is Simon Lawrence Mm -hmm. and he was like I can't remember what he said I think he said something like it's a numbers game. Yeah. And that is just so true. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So many photos that are like, I would never want anyone to see that because it's terrible. <laughs> yeah, just, like learned as much as I could about it, you know, about lighting and, you know, shooting in like manual mm. little adjustments that you have to make and, um, you know, messed up a lot kept learning um and then yeah you know just upgraded my camera gear as I could because it as you know it's a very expensive uh passion Mm. (laughs) this is the one problem I have to say about the ocean is why is it so expensive like underwater housings dive gear even free dive fins I mean come on it's so expensive they're some of the most expensive things I own and um like whenever I travel with my gear I'm like, honestly, I don't care if any of my clothes make it, but my fins Same. better. Oh my God. <laughs> so I travel with two bags, a dive bag usually, and a clothes bag. If my clothes bag gets lost, who cares? Oh, yeah. No one cares. That 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 can be gone. Like, bye. But if my dive bag got lost, I would probably have a mental breakdown in the airport. I absolutely would, for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to do just gonna sit on the floor and cry yeah oh my god I do you travel with your camera gear in your suitcase or in your carry-on my carry-on yeah that yeah my dive gear uh, my dive gear I always check it but the camera gear stays with me too because I'm like all right at least yeah if something's gone at least I can (laughs) still take a picture that's so funny I'm exactly the same I'm always like as long as I've got my camera then I can just live in the same like even if I can't dive like I'll just rent some scuba gear but as long as my camera's with me I can still take pictures yep Uh, yeah yeah very much on that level (laughs) so now obviously like your photos are stunning and amazing what has been your most incredible encounter as a photographer I mean guys if you haven't checked Taylor out go and look at her Instagram it's filled with the most delicious megafauna you've ever seen in your life and if you don't know what megafauna is it means like large living creature (laughs) um so think like sharks dolphins whales oh my god the list is endless tell me I really need to know what is the best encounter that you've ever had um it definitely goes to the humpback whales um, in French Polynesia. So um, this past year when I was there, we had um, a very special mom and calf. Um, and before um, this calf got her official name of Kamikaze, we just called her Crazy Baby uh, because she was exactly that. She was so crazy. Um, and mom had a little crazy streak in her as well. Um, but you would see them. <laughs> they were really fun. You'd see them and, you know, mom usually rests uh, maybe 20 feet below the surface. And she's taking a nap. But ba- this baby was so playful and wanted to see 
everybody. Um, but I think that she was like one of those really big dogs who doesn't understand how big it is. And it's just like, I'm going <laughs> to because she would just come barreling through people. And um, I really think that she um, was seeking physical touch because there were some t- sometimes people would have to like push her away. And but that seemed to like just get her more interested. Um, so really, because yeah. that's quite that's quite common um, in that I've heard from some of my marine biologist friends as well that have worked with whales that the whales the humpback sometimes comes seeking the touch. Yeah, it was really interesting to watch her do that because, you know, like when you're with a shark and you redirect a shark, your touch is generally like they don't want you to touch them at all. But mm. little whale was like, oh, I like that. I'm interested. And it just did the exact <laughs> opposite of what everyone was trying to um, have happen. But she was so much fun to be in the water with because, I mean, she would just come within a foot of you and just look at you and there's so much behind those eyes like you know that it's it's someone looking at you and she was just as curious about us as we were about her and uh so many days like we would just come back from like 12 hours on the water and just sit around and talk about crazy baby and uh yeah how she was with us and you know, with different groups. So she's definitely one of my most um, memorable moments in the water that I had uh, my camera with me. There have been moments where I was like, I'm just going to leave my camera. It's not a big deal. And I've had experiences, of course, the ocean would do that. Um, (laughs) Do you know what, though, it's something that I have, it's like a blessing and a curse. Because those times when you don't bring your camera, you're like, no, I've done this dive 20 times. Oh, I yeah. don't need the camera. I photographed that coral. I've done this. Like, okay, mm-hmm. let's go. And then you go and then some something just shows up out of the blue and you have the most magical encounter with it because you don't have a camera with you. But at the same time, you're like crying inside. Like, how could I have left it on the shore? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We had a day um, in 2018, the first time I ever went uh, to French Polynesia, It was our last morning on the water before we all had to leave. And we went out. The week had been epic. So I was like, well, it can't get any better than this. I'm not going to worry about taking any of my gear. And of course, we find like five humpback whales playing with like 20 (laughs) to 30 rough toothed dolphins and a handful. Oh, my God. And um, it was the most incredible experience in the ocean I've ever had in my life. Uh, But it just lives in my memory now but um you're right you know one of the things with um photography especially is you want to capture the photo but it's so easy to get trapped behind a viewfinder so yeah I try Mm -hmm. you know leave my camera behind sometimes so that I'm just in the moment but yeah you can be sure that something cool is coming if your camera's (laughs) not with you And it kind of it kind of brings us back to that whole theme of connection with the ocean and and being present because I find this as an underwater photographer a lot like so often I'm so desperate to get the shot and to you know it's so stunning and so beautiful and you know what you can capture but then on the flip side you really know that if you didn't have your camera there that you would just be enjoying that connection and that interaction and for me one of my favorite parts of the ocean is having this connection as you said with the whale the look behind the humpback's eye yeah. 
Oh my gosh. I had the same thing with the manta rays out in the Maldives last year. I bet. Just when you, you're swimming with them and they're just looking at you yeah. and there is something so beautiful about that shared moment that I don't think you truly understand until you are just there fully present. I agree with you. Like I've tried to explain it so many times to people and it's, it's really hard to put words to um, making eye contact with another species and you know that they're trying just as hard to figure you out as you are trying to figure them out. Um, it's a special moment. So I chase it. I chase after those moments. Like <laughs> why I bounce around the world because I want that connection um, with the animals, especially. Yeah, I, I say same here. Like getting lost in that connection. It, it's addictive. I guess it's kind of an endorphin rush. It's just kind. It's just special. It's a natural magic that exists in the world. And it's, you know, one of the things that the ocean has really done for me is humbled me in yeah. so many ways. And, you know, I think that that's part of that's part of coming back to nature is just remembering your place and being humble enough to realize, wow, you know, the tiniest little ant crawling along the sidewalk and the largest blue whale in the ocean, like I'm here with them and we all have a role to play. And um, that's one of the reasons why I enjoy having those moments with other animals because I'm just like wow we're all in this together you know you're trying just as hard to survive in the on this planet as I am um and it oh, it brings tears to my eyes I've had a foggy mask from tears so many times <laughs> same that's it's a real problem when you're such an ocean person as I think we are like the crying underwater you just accept that as part as part of life em emptying your mask yeah, with the tears absolutely and like I'm uh, really good at like just if I'm on a boat and something cool happens, just screaming so loud. Like the people who have been on boats with me frequently are used to it now, but it's always um, always scare a few people at first when they've never experienced Taylor on a boat because I'm very yeah. animated. <laughs> like I can't. <laughs> yeah, same. I'm literally, I'll be there and I'm like, I can't cope. I can't cope. I can't cope. I'm just, ah. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. Uh, honestly, I feel you so much. Um, so I'm just going to leave this podcast now with a quote from Taylor from her website. I mean, I haven't told her I'm going to do this, but I'm just going to say it anyway. And it says, I believe the more we connect back to nature, the more aligned with our soul and our truest self we become. And for mm -hmm. me personally, these words resonate so, so much with me and how I feel about the ocean. And mm -hmm. I think it is so inspiring to see what you've been doing and how you've been encouraging people to reconnect with nature and with the ocean and um thank you so so much for coming on the podcast today well I love that you um said that quote because like just hearing it I'm like oh man <laughs> <laughs> I said that <laughs> that came out of my mouth um <laughs> I am just so appreciative of you for reaching out and for, you know, asking me to come on here and chat with you. This has been really fun. I love connecting with other people about the ocean. I could sit and talk about it all day long <laughs> to anybody. Same. That's why I had to limit the podcast to 20 minutes because I was like, otherwise it's going to be three and a half hours long. 
yeah. Um, so yeah, just um, thank you for letting me uh, have the opportunity to come on here and share some of my experiences and talk about the ocean and um, how it's changed my life. I really, uh, really appreciate it. You can find Taylor on Instagram as at Taylor underscore underscore Henley and on her awesome website, taylorhenley.com. Guys, I really think you should go and check it out. She has some amazing stuff on there, beautiful photos, um, and really an incredible message. So as I'm sure many of you are feeling today, I am desperate to re-immerse myself in the natural world. In times of self-isolation, being amongst nature has become an impossibility for most of us. And it's certainly been tough especially for those of us without gardens and green spaces, myself included. But what has inspired me yet is the ingenuity of people to bring a slice of nature into a locked down world. Through social media, webinars, interactive virtual reality, underwater video tours, we have still managed to stay connected to nature and further still to each other. And that is a really beautiful thing. You have been listening to Ocean Poddy with me, Mads Ocean. As always, you can find the podcast on social media as at Ocean Poddy and me as at Mads underscore Ocean. For additional episodes and info about the poddy, head over to our website, newwave.store slash Ocean Poddy. And remember, it's not all doom and gloom. Stay healthy and have a happy week, guys.